Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Wednesday, May 18th, and this is People Every Day. Hello there, everyone. Janine Rubenstein here. I hope your Wednesday is treating you very well. Uh, I had a wonderful Tuesday evening, I must say, because the Mexican pizza is back at Taco Bell. And yes, I did have one or maybe two. (laughs) But anyways, I digress. There's a lot to talk about today. So let's get into what's swirling around my newsfeed. Where shall we start? Oh, Well, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard news, of course. The defense team continued to call witnesses to the stand today, including Amber's younger sister, Whitney. In her testimony, Whitney said she witnessed Depp physically assault her sister. She also spoke to some of the drug-fueled nights she herself shared with her former brother-in-law, including a wild ride on a private jet to visit Amber in London. Johnny and I drank and did a lot of cocaine on that plane, and I ended up passing out. Then, according to Whitney, they meet up with Amber at dinner either that night or the next, and that's when she saw Johnny lose his temper. At one point, Johnny picked up a steak knife and he hurled it at his assistant. Um, Missed him, but... It's just one bizarre scene after another. Earlier in her testimony, Whitney recalled Johnny allegedly putting their dog in harm's way. But at some point I heard the back door open, or the back window open, and Johnny is holding our dog out the window. He brought the dog back into the car, um, and he was just laughing, this really scary, loud, like it was almost like a cackle. And... um, He then made some joke about putting her in the microwave. Wow. You guys, yet again, a dog is being implicated in this messy trial. I mean, every day brings a new witness and a new, even wilder revelation. If you will, this trial seems to have gone to the dogs a long time ago. If you can believe it or not, and I'm sure you can, there is more drama coming out of the world of Selling Sunset. The show's most notorious agent, Christine Quinn, recently left the Oppenheim Group to start her own real estate venture, Real Open. This came after a tumultuous season that saw Christine perpetually at odds with the group and particularly arch-nemesis Chriselle Staus. But prior to her departure, castmate Emma Hernan lobbed an explosive allegation at Quinn, claiming she'd bribed a client with $5,000 to stop working with her. Quinn did not take Hernan's accusation lightly and has now clapped back, saying, accusing someone of a criminal tort is not only defamatory, but you can't afford my lawyers. Wow. I mean, shots fired. Quinn also said of Hernan, so it's not a funny thing to say. I would never bribe a client. I've never bribed a client. I don't need to bribe a client because they'll work with me organically. This all comes from Quinn opening up to people. Earlier this week, she discussed her decision to go into business for herself, saying, I had to make a business decision that was for me. So I had to terminate the contract so I could move it over to my brokerage. And she also opened up about her new book titled How to Be a Boss B. I mean, she certainly seems to be living proof. 
Moving on from boss bees to some bad bees, the U.S. women's soccer team is claiming a new victory. News broke earlier today that United States men's and women's national soccer ratified a new collective bargaining agreement with U.S. soccer, which includes an equal split of World Cup and Olympic prize money and any additional bonuses from other competitions. The members of the women's club have been battling over equal pay issues for decades. The agreement comes three months after members and alums of of the women's team settled a gender discrimination lawsuit against U.S. Soccer Federation and scored a $24 million payout. That settlement came with a promise of equal pay, which many were initially skeptical of until today. Today's news marks the men's and women's teams working together as allies to create equal pay, equal access to resources, and to raise soccer's profile in the U.S. Congrats once again to the U.S. women's soccer team and a landmark victory for them and women's sports. While the equal pay victory is an amazing feat for women, millions of women in the U.S. are dealing with a crisis at home. The baby formula shortage has impacted families all over the country and renewed national conversation around breastfeeding. Since the start of the pandemic, baby formula has been a hard find in stores. Today, this issue has become a devastating crisis affecting families around the country. Store shelves are barren, and if you happen to stumble across a market with some in stock, there's likely a limit of the amount you can buy. Sadly, this issue is causing harm to babies who are in need, leaving parents not knowing what to do or where to turn. And two children have been hospitalized at a Tennessee Children's Hospital as a result of not getting necessary nutrients that formula provides. And as a parent of a baby under the age of two, I'm in disbelief at what's happening. So to get more perspective on this growing concern is People's Senior News Editor Anya Leone and Erica, who is a foster mother of a six-month-old navigating the shortage. Hi, Anya. Hi, Erica. Welcome to the show. Hi, Janine. Thanks for having me. So this nationwide shortage has been the result of the pandemic and and a trickle-down effect has ensued on the supply chain while demand remains high for consumers everywhere. So first things first, Anya, can you explain a little more of how we got here? It sort of began with the pandemic where we started to see shortage and things that were harder to get, formula being one of them. But then in February, on top of it, Abbott, which is one of the largest brands behind formula, had to shut down some of their plants that made the formula because of a contamination. There's been a major backup and now people are scrambling to find the remaining formulas that are being produced by the other plants. Wow. Erica, how is this issue affecting you and your family? Fostering to adopt means that typically you're not given very many supplies. You're basically given a baby in a bag and we have no formula. We were sort of had to kind of go through trial and error to figure out what formula our baby needed. And she needs a special formula for spit up. And it has been a disaster (laughs) over the last week trying to find her formula. There's been literally nothing on the shelves. Luckily, our pediatrician has a few days of supplies for us. We literally just got back from an appointment with her and she explained to us um, how if we're able to find any sorts of formula on the shelves. We could call her and we could kind of figure out the calories per serving for the formula that we can find if we can't find our typical formula, how to supplement that and give our baby rice cereal, infant rice cereal, 
prior to having the whatever formula we can find. It's been this whole big nightmare of having to do math that I have not been able to do since I've left high school. Anya, what problems could arise as a result of kind of DIY formula in the wake of this crisis? There are a lot of recipes floating around out there right now from way back when of how to make your own baby formula. And we actually spoke to a nutritionist who specifically told us you should not be making any sort of DIY formula at home. All the formulas that are on the shelves that you can buy from a store are heavily regulated by the FDA to make sure that they're safe for consumption. So they are telling you to not go through online retailers that may not have their products vetted. They are saying do not ration or dilute your formula. All of that could disrupt brain development. They are saying also if you buy a brand name from one store, the brand name of another store are going to be similar in ingredients. Some pediatricians are saying to focus really on the first couple of ingredients in a formula, and those are the ingredients that you should be matching up with other formulas that you're able to find. Well, there's also this discussion that's bubbling up that a lot of people say is, you know, concerning about breastfeeding and why everyone should just be doing that in the wake of this. So breastfeeding is an option, but as we know, that's not a solution for all families. There are many women who physically cannot breastfeed. There are people like Erica who are going through fostering or adoption. I just spoke to a mom this morning whose children need specific medical grade formula and they are not able to breastfeed. A lactation consultant that we spoke to also said that telling a pregnant woman right now, as she knows that there's a formula shortage, that she will need to breastfeed no matter what, puts an extra stress on her body. And as we know, stress on bodies can affect supply. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, who's a dad to nine-month-old twins, says this problem is very personal for him. So what has Capitol Hill's response been to this problem? So just in the past few days, Abbott Nutrition and the White House have reached an agreement to reopen the factories that were closed due to contamination. So in a statement, Abbott said that they have been outlining steps since February to deal with the contamination problem and that they understand the situation is dire. Abbott says that their facilities could be up and running within the next two weeks, but that ultimately consumers will start to see an uptick in formula availability at around six to eight weeks from now. Does that, you know, give you any kind of comfort, Erica? Not really, (laughs) because we will be out of formula before then. And I think as that trickles down to the local government, um, our local Department of Family and Children has made it very clear for us not to call them for any questions about where to source formula because they can't help us. As a foster mom, we have been told over and over again, Call Department of Family of Children if you have any questions at all. We are here to help you. And while I truly believe they're here to help us, this is something that when we come to them and say, where can I find formula to feed my baby? And they say, gosh, I don't know. Good luck with that. (laughs) It's not exactly reassuring. Oh, gosh. Well, I am so, so sorry you're going through this. So thank you guys both for being on, explaining it, and being so open about everything. I really appreciate it. Rebel Wilson is on this week's cover, and the Aussie actress takes us into her world, opening up about love, her new film, and her major health changes. But first, the Cannes Film Festival is underway in France, and we get you up to speed on the latest and the films creating the biggest buzz. We'll be right back. Hey, 
everyone. I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. We are back and we are heading across the pond to check in on the 2022 Cannes Film Festival. The festivities officially kicked off yesterday and Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky addressed attendees to say that Ukraine will continue its fight and added, quote, we need a new chaplain who will demonstrate that the cinema of our time is not silent. Today, the cinema is not silent. Remember these words, the power they've taken from the people will be returned to the people. This year's can lineup includes the much-anticipated Top Gun Maverick, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis biopic, starring Tom Hanks opposite Austin Butler as the king. Get a haircut, buttercup! In that moment, I watched that skinny boy transform into a superhero. And Mad Max filmmaker George Miller's 3,000 Years of Longing, which is about a genie of sorts who offers three wishes with varying consequences. It stars Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton. All three films are slated to have their moment at the festival. Meanwhile, yesterday's red carpet had some jaw-dropping looks, but the dress I've seen everyone talking about is Michael B. Jordan's boo, Lori Harvey, who lit up the carpet in a canary yellow gown. You guys, she looks stunning. And you gotta see the jewelry she was wearing. She accessorized with a Masika high jewelry necklace with more than 100 carats of diamonds, in addition to diamond earrings and rings. She showcased all of those diamonds on her Instagram story with the caption, y'all know, I don't play about my diamond emoji. Well, I, for one, am still waiting to see her rock that diamond on that finger. (laughs) To check out Lori Harvey and the rest of the news coming out of Cannes, be sure to head over to People.com for the latest. She's fierce, she's fabulous, she's downright hilarious, and she's this week's People cover star. The she I am referring to is Rebel Wilson, who opened up to us about body positivity, her desire to be a mom, and how that led to her reevaluating her health, losing weight, and her exciting new relationship. It's a great interview. I can't wait for you guys to read it. And now I have the pleasure of speaking to the person who got to talk to Rebel, People Editor Liz McNeil. Hey, Liz, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Hi, Janine. Well, one of the things Rebel talked to you about was her desire to be a mom, something she says inspired her 80-pound weight loss. It all started with a 2019 trip to the fertility doctor. He kind of looked me up and down and said, uh, well, you'd do much better if you were healthier. And it was weird because I thought at the time, I thought, well, I am healthy, like I don't have any serious diseases or anything. And I was a bit like taken aback. I thought, oh God, that guy's so rude. And then... And then he was then he was right, like that I was carrying around a lot of excess weight that I didn't need. 
one of the many great things about her is that, and she always says, I was confident at any size. And as we know, she didn't set out to lose weight or but like many women in their late 30s, early 40s, was starting to think about, will I be able to become a mom? I'd like to become a mom. And so sort of put her on this journey. And we talk about all these things in, in her life, all these changes about health, about uh, new love interests, about wanting to become a mom. And she had this polycystic ovarian syndrome or has yes. that, right? And so yes. that was also at play? Yes. And that affects fertility. All these things were sort of telling her to, to, to pay attention about that and to do what she could to take action. She does want to become a mom. She said right now she's doing it on her own. She didn't reveal too, too much. I love what she said about, you know, being inspired by Janet Jackson and older women out there who become moms later in life. As many of us know, whether it's career or not meeting the right person or whatever, you know, we have to make these decisions in our life. And this also reminds me of Adele a little bit because Adele had talked about why she lost weight. It was for her son and just wanting to be healthier. And, and Rebel goes into that as well. She has never like wavered in her advocacy for body positivity, right? And, and she called out how society treats people who they don't think look good. When she said the thing about treating myself as trash and and uh, and of course like as a woman you wince right because you're like oh my god like women we tend to be hard on ourselves and she talked about that mm -hmm. and, and this was interesting because she said that and you'd never think this about her that she said she's kind of a shy person and she said but sometimes it's hard to put herself out there and hard to always be like sort of pushing herself in that way and so she had to really like dig deep like her journey her where she's at in her life is, is much more about dealing with the emotions. And when she said that thing about being invisible, when, you know, you, oh. you were larger, I just thought, oh, that was so good. She said, I was invisible in a way, even when I was an international movie star. And then suddenly to have people want to carry your groceries, do nice things for you purely because of how you look. It's interesting. Wow. And it's such a, an interesting time as well to be talking about all of this. I mean, you have this huge body positivity movement, but then coming out on the other side and losing weight. And it's such a tricky time to even be talking about this. So the fact that she is, is so important. But I got to ask you, what did she say about the love department? And the other thing is that, did you know she's a, she's a lawyer and has a law degree? Wait, what? So <laughs> she was saying that she called herself a late bloomer, that she said in a way she didn't have a lot of experience or didn't date a lot, but she goes, that's what allowed me to focus on my studies, get my law degree, focus on my career, et cetera, et cetera. It's great to have met somebody who were like, um, feel, feels like an equal partnership and like a, uh, a really healthy relationship, which um, I'm not saying all my exes, like they're, they're great, but like there was some times where there was some things that I was probably putting up with that I shouldn't have put up with. I know that they started off talking on the phone, which as we all know, is a very good way to get to know somebody, which I love. She didn't want to say too much other than that, but talked about how nice it was to be in a healthy relationship. It was all about sort of being more healthy in all different aspects of her life. And so just finding more of an equitable relationship. I love it. I love it. And, and just so that everyone knows, Rebel has a new movie called Senior Year out on Netflix that I was started watching last night. I need to finish it. And she is as we said, in a new relationship. And everyone, the newest issue of People with cover star Rebel Wilson will be on newsstands this Friday. Liz, it's always such a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for stopping by. Take care. Bye. 
With so much awfulness out there in the world right now, I thought I'd share this last story with you to brighten up your day like it has mine. Juan Vicente Perez Mora is a retired man who lives in Venezuela, and next week is his birthday. On Friday, May 27th, he will turn 113 years old. Juan was just dubbed the oldest living man by Guinness World Records, and his daughter, Neldia Perez, said that her father is still in very good health and that he does not suffer from any disease that requires medical treatment. Juan was born in 1909 and was the ninth of 10 children. At the age of five, he began working with his father and brothers to harvest sugarcane and coffee, which is where he developed his lifelong love for agriculture. Now, Juan was married to his wife, Ediofina del Rosario Garcia, for 60 years. Together, they share 11 children, 41 grandchildren, 18 great-grandchildren, and yes, 12 great-great-grandchildren. Juan still loves to tell stories surrounded by family and friends, and when asked about his secret to living a long life, he kept it pretty simple and told folks at Guinness just to work hard, rest on holidays, go to bed early, drink a glass of aguardiente every day, love God, and always carry him in your heart. Well, if you're like me and don't know what aguardiente is, I looked it up for you. It translates to fire water. It's a high ABV liquor made from sugarcane and is similar to rum. I may have to go buy some of that for myself. Actually, I'll just have a glass of wine at dinner tonight <laughs> just to be safe. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back again tomorrow for more of People Every Day. <laughs>